They're coming for you, Charles. <laughs> Krakoa is cracking from the inside. Mm-hmm. All that and more on this week's episode of the XY Podcast. Oh, <laughs> my goodness gracious. I am livid. Welcome to the Excellent Podcast. I'm Alicia. Oh, he's still laughing. He's like, oh, it's so funny. I saw your intro again. I don't even say my name. It's Justin. Yeah, it's the Justin. intro What's stealer. Mm-hmm. What's up, y'all? <laughs> How you doing? You having a good week? Look, before Justin can steal it from me, let me tell you what we're talking about this week. The excellent number five. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a new thing. It's like a new thing that it's we do. It's not fun for me. It's not fun for me. I really like doing the intro. It's become kind of like part of me. Okay. All right. Give me the rundown. What's the rundown? Every time I think about that, and every time I say that, I think of The Office. The rundown? The rundown. Yeah, just just do me a rundown. Do a rundown. Yeah, sure, a rundown. What the heck is a rundown? I don't know that episode. Oh, it's Jim. Never mind. It's always Jim or Michael. Okay, so we're talking about X-Men Unlimited, number bajillion. 42. The excellent number five, Legion of X number three, and Sabretooth number five. The final issue of Sabretooth in that order. Let me tell you, I am very happy with myself this week. Why is that? Because... You asked me on Wednesday morning, which title do I put first in the lineup? Should it be Sabretooth or Legion? Sabretooth or Legion? And I said, Sabretooth. And we usually do that in the first lineup. The first photo of your lineup is usually what we think is going to be the best issue of the week. Yep. And I got to tell you, I feel pretty happy with that decision. And I got to tell you. You posted it the other way. The people agree. Oh, the people agree. Yeah. We have our poll that I said it last week. We'll see if I remember to post it on Wednesday. Totally forgot. Posted it this morning. We have a 60-40 split (gasps) favoring Sabretooth as we record, which I don't know. I thought it was going to be a little bit more one-sided. Last week was a clear knockout. Yeah. Well, you know what you should do? You should put a little... Put a little weekly reminder in that little phone of yours so it pops up on Wednesday. Oh, wow, that's a, that's a great idea. Technology. We got confirmation this week that Knights of X is definitely ending with issue five. Definitely, but it's not the end of for Betsy's, Betsy. Of Betsy's and Teeny Howard's story with Betsy. But I don't care about Betsy right now. Care about Gambit. What about Gambit? Right, which hopefully we'll find out. And potentially will play out in a larger story with Rogue. Oh, man, I hope so. It's Thor's Day. It's Thor's Day. I posted today, is it Thor's Day or Gore's Day? Oh, my God. Because I've been reading Thor, God of Thunder. I think that's the name of the title. I don't know. I don't know. It's where Gore the God Butcher first appears and is developed as this main threat and is wholly cited with a lot of visuals and a lot of set design and adds credence to the argument of hey you're not paying the writer or the artist any kind of royalties yeah that's a sticky situation but isn't that the sort of the thing of like when you write for that's the business baby creator owned they own your soul Ugh, that's so disappointing like i get it but also you make so much money off that movie 
Got to keep those profits high. You can't give them a little bit. Black Panther. I was going to give an update on that, but it hasn't really been as much as I was hoping. Storm was on the cover this week for issue seven, and she was in issue six. Mm. She is a part of this entourage trying to instill, not to challenge leadership, but to instill more safety and security in the Wakandan government because it's crumbling from the inside as well. Scary. 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 Everything's crumbling from the inside, especially this podcast because you took my intro and you didn't announce the news. You just went into the news without announcing it. It was a segue. You know, there was we were talking about you actually set me up for it. I didn't say this is the news. No, you said <laughs> you said about like your favorite or what you were most excited about. Yeah. And segued. Yeah. Hey, there's an article about what you need to know for X Men Legends number one, the new reboot of those classic title stories. Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, are you gonna tell us what we need to know, or are you gonna tell us to read the article? You can read the article. It is. <laughs> Written by Roy Thomas, who did a couple of runs in the classic 1960s X-Men. So from issues 20 through 44 and then 55 through 66 with Neil Adams. Wow, look at that. So we're going to get some updates on what's happening with the team at that point in that gray area. But also what's happening with Wolverine at that point, which I think is really interesting because he's not associated with the X-Men at all. Ooh. So look for that on August 10th. Ooh, August 10th. That's going to be here before you know it. And last... Oh, last bit of news. There's a podcast. We haven't been listening to it, but Wastelanders Wolverine. (gasps) Not by Ben Percy. Oh. Not connected to the Wolverine. But connected to the other Wastelanders? I believe so, yes. So Doomy Doom Dooms is up in there. Yeah. Yeah. You ready for these comics? Yeah, I am. You ready to talk about Cypher in the Cryptolect? Yes, actually, I'm really excited to talk about it. I loved it. I thought it was so good. That was a really great Infinity comic. I think the thing is, like, I always love the Infinity comics, but sometimes I think of them as, like... Throwaways. Yeah, I I wouldn't use the term throwaways, but, like, little kitty stories. Like... Look at Barnell. He's so happy. Cute story time stories. And this one got, like, this one got real. Yeah. It was intense. We have a mutant language infesting the island. And we're talking a lot about language and the uses of language, how it can be used for evil or or to hurt its own people. And these comparisons between Shakespeare and the Salem witch trials or Goethe and the Holocaust. Krakoan needing to be this different type of language to, to eliminate the ambiguities of how it might be manipulated or used. And it's always cool to have new and different characters at the forefront of a story. Like, we haven't seen Beak and his family in a while. Not since that new Not Mutants since, arc. What was that, Nebraska? Yeah. Oh, that new Mutants arc. Oh, let's not go there. Some wholesome Beak content, though, until we get this new arrival. I just love this relationship. We both laughed out loud in the conversation between Doug, Bay, and Warlock. Oh, my goodness. As... Because Doug still can't understand Bay for no. some reason. So Warlock translates. The scary lady loves Doug Friend's word picture as he's trying to write poetry in Krakoan to I... deepen his understanding for how you can use Krakoan for art. I'm like understanding because there's only so much time in a day, but also a little disappointed that when I looked at you and I said, did you translate this to Doug's Krakoan poem that you hadn't translated it? 
I mean, I would say if I had read it on Monday and not 20 minutes before we were recorded, I probably would have tried to translate it. Maybe but. we translate it for our Patreon afterthoughts this week. Maybe. Maybe. No promises. Maybe. Other surprise, X-Factor making an appearance. Mm-hmm. iBoy. iBoy, Prodigy, and Northstar working in the Healing Gardens. I love that. I mean, yeah. especially if they're not going to be assigned to another team, which also we could assign them to another team. We could. That'd be great. That'd be great. But X- is, X-Men are looking for new members. It is cool to know that they're still being used in an investigative way. You know, this person was brought in. We don't know what happened to them. Let's get the team on it. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I said that around when X Factor was ending, mm. that it would be great to just have this as a team exist in the background and pop up when necessary and, and potentially be used in different ways and arcs. For sure, for sure. Banshee is really having a hard time in these comics, huh? Well, I mean, <laughs> what do you expect? He's skinned alive and then worn as a flesh suit. So that just makes him a target for everyone else? Everyone else. Well, he's moping around. You know, he's carrying even what Mother Righteous in issue two of Legion of X saw the sadness in his soul, basically. Yeah. take Everyone's taking advantage of it. They're coming like for him. This mutant language is also taking advantage of Banshee. And now he is the language's host. Yeah, I really like this. I did too. And I... I was reading it and I was like, "Is this? This feels longer than a regular it Infinity did. issue." And then it ended, and I was like, "No, I need the rest of the story." But it did say to be concluded. To be concluded, so one so more. We'll get the rest on Monday. Written by Alex Pacnadel, art by Damian Cucciero. I don't know how to say that. Colorist Felipe Sobrero. Letters Joe Sabino. I know how to say Joe Sabino. But you forgot something. No, I didn't. You forgot to say VC. On to the excellent. Oh, my God. You make me still say that, and you're cutting me <laughs> off. I don't make you say it. You're like, we have to say it. It's a it's thing. A thing. We it's have to thing. do it. All right. So just like I have to interrupt. <laughs> no, you do not. You do not have to take my intro. It's a lot of arguing today, folks. It's not arguing. It's playful it's banter. 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 Let's talk about the excellent. Oh, are we ready? Yeah. Toodle pip. Talk about this naughty, murderous cover we've got going on. Yeah. Shh. Don't talk about it, though. Right, right. I like her outfit. I like her outfit. I like her. I don't know if this is her first appearance. I didn't actually look that up. Mm. Toodle pip. I like her outfit, and I think it's interesting that she's still wearing basically the same outfit she was wearing as a five-year-old child. <laughs> because I'm going to look at it when we open the issue, but five-year-olds shouldn't be wearing fishnets. No. But maybe she's probably not. This is like the adult version. But anyway, a page turn noise. The excellent new blood, new world. Written by Peter Milligan. Art by Michael Duck Alred. Colors by Laura Alred. Letters by Nate Picos. Any of those happen to be VCs or uh, Blambot Studios, <clears throat> sir? I do not recall. Oh, you do not recall that Nate Picos is of Blambot Studio. Okay. Toddler Pip. So it's not. She's she's wearing a similar outfit, but no fishnet. And she as a sees child. her father 
commit suicide. It's that's rough. Yeah. That I was reading that and I was like, this is a lot. And it just makes sense to her character who she did appear in Giant Size Ecstatics number one, which oh. was that in between setting up to launch this title and it makes sense why she then, throughout the book, does not want to get involved with things because she doesn't mm. want to have to experience that kind of trauma. Yeah, she doesn't want to have a relationship. And then we find out about Fluff. Splat. Fluffy-doo did not make it. And Toodle Pips got a blog about it. We get some updates on Ecstatics' defenses. And the Excellence meeting, That what they're actually trying to do. They've copied the book of Vishanti. It also seems later in the issue that they're copying the telepath protection system that the ecstatics have. Right. Well, when you got dupe on one side and pood on the other, and they just kind of cancel each other out with their weird orby floatiness. But, you know, we're putting in protections so people can't just pop in and out of our house, supposedly. And the drama with Mirror Girl, the Mirror Madness. Well, you know, when the information is just blurted out that Fluff was actually murdered. Murdered. You were told nothing would happen to him. Of course you're going to be upset. And I like that her inner self is questioning her and saying like, cut the crap. Stand up for yourself, girl. What are you doing? And then who should appear? But Toodle Pip. Always where you don't want her. Team drama at the beach. At least these two are making their romance not interfere with their work as soon as they get a call boop there they go well but it also looks like it's falling apart and may interfere later on yikes yes and you know zeitgeist and his disgusting vomit and his team are gonna go break a bunch of evil people out of a prison to gain followers. And then we find out why he wants to gain those followers. I mean, I liked getting that because it, it was it was kind of nonsense for the longest time of, yeah, we're doing this for social media followers. Oh, no, wait, they're actually acolytes to be. That's the reason why they need the Book of Ashanti to give him godlike powers. Yeah, it it kind of is an interesting tie in because it's talking about essentially the exact same premise that Legion of X is talking about in that you need to have so many people who follow you and believe you before you can become a god. Sure. So, weird Krakoan tie-in. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And the- then there was this really cool Judgment Day spread in the middle of the comic and I got distracted and I started looking at the art and then I was like, no, you're reading a comic. Go back to reading a comic. As the ecstatics intervene, stopping the jailbreak, back at the Zeit house, and there's some fighting within the team. Well, yeah, because Mirror Girl's had enough, and... As she should. As she should, and people are upset because this kid still can't teleport them properly, but they forced him into it too fast. Right. Billy's just trying to get by. And wait, wait a second, though... Toodle Pip, you can teleport. So let me capture you in my evil lair and then murder the other teleporter right in front of you. And somehow that so makes you want to be on our team. You have no choice but to be on my team. And then there's a bunch of ecstatics nonsense 
and signings then, and photo ops. And then Tootlepip is somehow is able to bring them in exactly into their house. Right. Which is interesting because how can she do that if it's made for the signature of only the other girl? Maybe that's just how her powers work is. I don't know. I have no answers. No answers. But I did. Again, I'm liking these issues more and more as we read them. That seems to be with the last page. The end of season one? Yes, the end of season one. So we'll be back for season two. But it just says later this year. Ominous. It's not over till Zeitgeist says so. It's not over till we take him down. Let's talk about the Legion. Oh, let's talk about the Legion. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So. Oh, yeah. What are our thoughts about the excellent? What'd you think? I thought it was good. I actually You thought it was good. I did. I actually really enjoyed this issue. I'm I, afraid to say that out loud, but I just did. So. Are you going to reread The Excellent? Are you going to see it from a new light now that you know? No. <laughs> are you excited for season 2? I am ready to read season 2 with a fresh perspective. Are you interested in going back to The Ecstatics? Not at this time. <laughs> <laughs> just got to check. Just got to check. Honestly, I thought every issue got better as it went along. Yeah, it just, at the beginning, it just felt... Off-putting. It was, yeah, it was off-putting, and it felt like there wasn't enough to it, like, for me to really care. It was, because it felt very centered around just social media, and I was like, okay, like, this is too much. I don't want to read this. But now that I understand the the characters a little bit more and the story, more so the story, like, where it's going, Mm -hmm. it has more stakes, so it's more interesting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, those are my little wrap-up thoughts on the excellent. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Good. On to Legion of X. Legion of X. Number three. Legion of X number three. With this cartoony cover. I think this cover is cute. Am I a little disappointed we didn't get the Loki cover? Because that was teased at the back of last issue, but is actually the issue cover for issue four. Yeah. Well, anyway, this one's cute. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Like a, it's like a carnival circus explosion, and I like this cartoony nightcrawler running away like... Ugh. And this dragon. Yeah, always a dragon is cool. All right, let's get into it. Page turn noise. Status report from Zen. Ooh, they're so harsh to her. Yeah, they're so harsh to her, but she's also like, ah, the Krakoans, they... They are just lost in all their banalities, romance, cultures, comforts. It just underscores the differences between Arako culture and Krakoan culture. You could really use some of that Krakoan life, Zen. Chill out. I thought she was kind of talking about being interested in it. I mean, she said she does say they're preoccupied. Banalities. They simply, you know, it, they're is towards the end some realization that it doesn't necessarily make them weak right also her underlying desire is to be of a warrior right well that's what she grew up we've got a second mention of birdie birdie of the week counselor birdie so i don't know if this was actually supposed to come after Sabretooth, where there's some reference to birdie again Mm mm-hmm and we get our guest of honor dr strange oh dr strange in the house but also a confusing one where everyone in world should know he's dead. Right. I Even I was like, isn't he dead? We, we read a miniseries and an X-Men tie-in. 
Warline had pointed that out uh, when these preview pages came up, and he was like, "What is going on? How are what you are not going to guys doing? <laughs> you don't even know your own continuity." But it was a trick. It was a trick, as we find out later on. But but first, Orbitrix is the Orbitrix is going to lay into Weaponless Zen. Mm-hmm. Your failure. You're growing soft on a Zen. Get it together, Zen, or don't come home. Yeah. The relationship between these two, it's so savage. Yearn to join one of the mercenary bands leaving Arako with all the other war addicts who can't adapt. Uh, Tell me more about that, please. Yeah, and it's also interesting to know that she's sort of like tied to this role. Like she, yes, wants to be of Arako and be a warrior, but she also seems to be, yeah, like an indentured servant of some kind. Right, is that really what she wants to do or what she wants to do is to fight and destroy and make out with nightcrawler and oh yeah well nightcrawler really wants to make out with her i'll tell you that yep um (laughs) but i would be interested i'd love to get like a little snippet of the story of what made her have to have this agreement i mean that's a lot of the interest with the iraqi as they're introduced as these fully formed characters that don't need any coaching or guidance or anything like that that you normally find with a new mutant coming to krakoa or the Mm. xavier institute they have been around for however long they've been alive and we're only peeling back the layers to understand them more yeah we could get a weaponless zen origin story and i'd be down for that let's do cora weaponless zen and Iska, their origin. And Cobalt place. never held. Yeah, sure. He can have one too. He's just got a fun name. Yeah. To All the right. beach. Yeah, we're going we're going on a little astral journey. Whoa. But watch out, there is darkness in the depths. Be careful. Stay here, Legion. I'm gonna take them. This was a preview Blind art holds. page. Oh god. This one where they're yeah. dropping in and nightcrawlers in his amazing piratey outfit and yeah. it's just so beautiful well you know if you're in your own dreamland might as well be an awesome pirate yes and apparently weaponless zen is wearing a bikini of some kind Mm-hmm. so many things are happening at once in this issue almost to its detriment i feel like i had had that inclination the first issue is yeah. that it it just was trying to put a lot of things on the table at once and I do like where we get towards the end where things do start to come together. Yes, and settle a little. Yeah, so that we can understand. But I get it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of story to tell. There's a lot of story to tell, but there's also a lot of high concept. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with magic. you're You're dealing with astral planes. There's just a lot of not natural world elements so that yeah. just makes it difficult to follow completely because there's nothing rooting it in reality it feels a little bit like the beginning of excalibur to me sure but also i say that just because i i glance down to be like okay what's the next talking talking point and i look at this page and there's like there's literally three things happening on this spread right now and it's just a two-page spread you know and even this this one page there's the whole Doctor Strange bit happening, but then also the Juggernaut. And I was like, oh, where do we go next? Uncle Kane. Uncle Kane. Broken. This is an interesting relationship that is underexplored. I'm into it. Right? So Xavier and Juggernaut are related. They're half-brothers. Mm-hmm. And Legion is Xavier's son, so he would be his uncle. And I do think it's a really interesting point to take these two characters who are often thought of as... Villains. destructive villains and try to 
see them in a new light and give them this opportunity to talk to each other as just people, you and know? Especially their mutual bristling against Xavier himself. Yes. I, I live for that. Yeah, of course I'm you do. here for every moment of it. And also, the switchy doodle man has been captured. Oh, yeah, in that fake Doctor Strange. It was all a magical ruse. None of this was real. We did this to catch you. Switch, that's his name. Yep. We did this to catch you, Switch. And that brings us to a title page, Skinny Dipping for the Brain. We're all mad here. Written by Cy Spurrier, art by Jan Basildua, color art by Federico Blee, letters by Clayton Coles. He sees Clayton Coles. The recap text was actually really helpful in understanding yes. this issue. The altar is a bubble reality contained in the dreaming psyche of Legion and adjacent to the astral plane, especially just setting the foundation for the data pages that further explore it. Reading that sentence, great. The data pages, I looked at them and I was like, well, well, well Mush. I kind of get it, but I don't. But I would agree that this this recap page definitely helps tie up a couple of things. And, uh, you know, this talk of Mother Righteous in here and all just it was a very good recap, but also a hey, if you didn't catch this. We're going to break it down for you right now. Yeah. But hey, did you catch the next page? Top left corner, our altar is getting better and better at breaking through his containment. Oh. Oh. Some visual clues to that in issue one, as we saw two images, one of someone punching a wall, a second of them punching it and it cracking. I have a photo edited of these three images together that I'll post over the weekend. Oh. That is scary. I didn't notice it. Oh, man. It's coming out. It's coming. It's coming. There's a nice little heart-to-heart between Kane, Uncle Kane and Legion about Professor X and just how he's feeling weak, how Juggernaut is feeling weak from the effects of Skinjacker. And Xavier wanted to use that as leverage to get him off the playing field. Right. And I also feel like this moment of the, like their conversation, one of the things that Legion points out, really is the thing that really frustrates me about Charles. His solution to a problem is always, well, I'll just erase that from your mind. Like, no, let's deal with our problems. Let's, you know, decompress our trauma. Let's not just wash it away because even though you wash away that memory, it still leaves residue through the rest of your mind and soul and you mm-hmm. can't just erase whatever you don't want to exist anymore charles charles so i liked really liked that moment i very much appreciated that moment and now we're talking about this hive mind and we find out that paulie's innocent he never even killed his he got set up dust here in the altar her ability to control billions of granular points can be repurposed as a psychic network this is new yes interesting I'm trying to go with it and understand I like it. it. I like it too. It's, it's like just a mental support group. Sure. But I, I'm just trying to understand how that works. You know, I can manipulate dust and sand to, I guess, I can manipulate the granulars of psyche. To make like a particle network. Sure. The congregation. It's cool. I was like, all right, I'm into this. I like this like group therapy, <laughs> group support. Yeah. And as we were told last issue... Polly was given a, a similar offer and Legion received a similar rejection from yes. him. No, I, I don't want to forget. Not interested in forgetting. The the dynamic between Polly and his wife and just 
how his mutant power was affecting her, creating these tumors in her lungs. So sad. Yeah. And and just honestly rips my heart out to know that she died in her sleep and that was not reported by the cops that he was arrested for murder. Probably because he was a mutant. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which is terrible. Infuriating, but a real world connection. We have a uh, a little jar of evil. Yeah. The laws versus Skinjacker. Should we free him? Because, yeah, he's evil, but he hasn't broken any of Krakoa's laws. It's a little muddled how they're referred to as dad's laws. Mm. Because they are of the council. That is something that the group decided. It's not all yes. on Xavier. It's just difficult for it to not be all on a person who tends to, to claim credit or to, to put themselves as the forefront. You know, if you're going to make yourself the face of an organization, then when someone is unhappy with the organization, you have to be sure understanding that they're coming to you or they're blaming you because you've made yourself the face of that. Yeah. Skin Jacker Tracker, the runes let Pixie track whatever magic you're using to hide. So they're going after the source. And these laws that Skinjacker has not switch has not broken because we don't even know yet that they're the same. Yet we know. We know. They're meant to control, especially in contrast to our conversation last week and what the laws are meant to do for Krakoan society and to essentially keep the power in power. Mm-hmm. Data page. Layers of psychic reality. Initially over and through my head as the astral plane might be but it's trying to explain the differences between earth the altar and the astral plane the rules that govern each place and how to communicate across them or how to travel between them so you have the physical space the ability to be in the physical realm and connect to the astral plane as a telepath you have the liminal relativistic construct the altar so that's like a mediator between the two for everyone almost unless you're not allowed. You can go from the physical space to the astral realm with the altar in between. And we get a little bit of context on how the laws of physicality are broadly observed, but also at the whim of David Holler. Thank you for explaining that to me, because I read that data page and I just stared probably into the space and was like, yeah. Into the astral plane. Into something. The astral realm, as it's referred to continuously here, Mm. the freedom of the mind and ability to see and interact with it, what we're about to see on the next page. As fears and fantasies. The art, the art. Let's call it the art in this book. Absolutely. It's so gorgeous. The colors. The colors. I mean, the colors have been killing it since issue one. I think the thing that I really like about modern comics is this like neon color palette. That seems to be, I don't know if neon is the right it's word. The saturation. It's saturation. Vi- yeah, it's very saturated and I love it. Yeah. It's like psychedelic. Oh, yeah. Well, especially in this comic. It's right. been a couple of times, especially in the astral plane. But I would say, too, throughout, like a lot of the issues like X-Men and um, even like Knights of X, like the colors are very saturated and they're much, they're, they're brighter. Yeah, they're very rich. This whole situation. The dreams of Krakoa, the island and its people. Why does Blindfold keep apologizing? Is that just a, a thing of her character that I'm missing? Or Maybe. Sorry, sorry. Also, though, Nightcrawler, um, what have you been hiding all these years? 
What do you mean? Look at these dirty, dirty images in his mind. Yeah, well, that that's the subconscious that apparently he is not afraid of. But what the heck, man? He's doing like a like a finger bite down situation too while he's thinking those thoughts. He's getting like a well, yeah. I think it's, it's Ooh, he's, you can see my thoughts, but no, <laughs> he's not. But he's putting his hand in front of his mouth and he's embarrassed because he's coughing into his hand. I mean, he should be embarrassed because that's rogue in there. And is there a pixie in there too? Maybe, but rogue is his half sister. Ew, rogue is his adopted sister, and it's not the first time that Nightcrawler has had mm, questionable relationships with. Or even acted on questionable thoughts with a, a sister figure in his life. Looking at you, Amanda Sefton. Yikes. It's, yeah, well, I was looking at this really trying to find out if Sage was one of these. Because we were trying to say, like... I don't think she is. Sage has been doing the doo-doos with someone. I think that that purple hair is Betsy. Oh. That could be Sage all the way to the left. But, man, it's just anybody and everybody. But a solid three or four images of Zen. Yeah. As she is standing right there listening to him. They're getting attacked by their fears and desires while in the dreamscape. This sum of their stories. I can't believe that. I'm so upset by what you just said about that being rogue. That's your sister. I mean, it's just, I get it because they didn't know they were related until years later after they had already been on the x-men together or yeah, at least known each other still having that thought it's just it's a weird thing to make a trope for his character yes but we got another gorgeous image as he this rebels like with his faith glass yeah. moment and he's overwhelmed by his doubt in his faith which at least addresses a bit of the waffling he's been going through of am i religious am i creating a religion am i a cop i don't know i don't know and sends dreaming about slicing and dicing, and then it happens. These are not my fears. These are my fantasies. And then kissy, kissy, kissy time. That is part of my fantasy. And Blindfold is like, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah. Hey, over here, there's magic go. light. We got to pay attention to this thing over the, here. The powers of a god of mischief tweaking possibilities to give people what they want to see or what they don't playing in their minds <laughs> as pixie has tracked down the evil might of the magic <gasps> looks like loki to me yeah i love this mention of gandalf impressions yes that's funny when she's like you should see magneto's drunk gandalf yeah that's amazing this is where I started to lose what was going on. Like, where are we right now? What's happening? These are solid illusions projected to Pixie from the god. Do they mean something to her? It's, it's explained a little bit later on that they are a signature calling card of this god from the Iraqi. I think because we're in the space that makes up the altar, that they are a physical entity. They're not a projection but they're not actually real because they're in the altar. But to Pixie, who is also a physical, like a projection right now, they're they're on equal standing. Hmm. Like it's more magic than mind games, I think. A little bit of both mixed together. Juggernaut to the rescue with an evil Loki grin in the corner. As Loki talks about the fact that Switch 
sacrificed to a god, which is why he has gotten this level up in his power, mm. this ability to switch multiple times. I don't understand. I guess so. So Juggernaut was just tailing her, was just following her where she was going, and she didn't necessarily know. Well, when Legion took him through everything and they were talking then they ended up where pixie was right but she then flew off to follow the soul dagger that, that well, I, I know that they were all together yeah at the congregation but but then there was a moment too when legion or and they were like something about a dagger and they were like oh we're gonna go i know what that means or is that coming up with nightcrawler i'm pretty sure that's coming up so he was just tailing her he was just he tailing was just, her he just was following like, along you're my teammate i'm coming with you I'm not going to stick around forget-me-not because he's not my partner. I don't, I don't know, know who him. he is. Following that source of magic. Another data page. How was this one? The same. Architecture of the altar. The More of a physical breakdown, less of a conceptual understanding between the two. So this is akin to our Krakoan and Arako maps that we've gotten. So this mm -hmm. is a map trying to show you, okay, these are how these places intersect. You have Legion, the source you're trying to get the, the physical mind where the altar is housed. Then you have temple gate gates. One currently exists on Arako. Another is proposed as part of Krakoa transit. So those are the ways to get on and off mm -hmm. the altar. You have the cortex complex. We've seen this before. That's where his, his altars are stored. Mm-hmm. The congregation, this I believe was just what we've seen in this issue with yes. Dust is doing with Polly feeling the community of minds. The explanation that this is closer to the astral plane than our reality, a way to further experience it for non-telepaths, that community network. That's pretty cool. Right. And if you look at it, it's on the line of the altar and the astral realm, but also extending into it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the beach, full access to the astral realm from the altar and vice versa. Like a jumping off point. Like a dock. Like a door. Was that better? Yeah, it was. Um, can we just talk about how one of the... It was Rex? Yeah, Rex is Rex in from there. Toy Story? Yeah. Toy Story Rex is in there. Okay, just... We were just at a Toy Story themed birthday party, so quick recall and on I that. didn't know that it was supposed to be you were supposed to wear something Toy Story and thankfully I was wearing a dinosaur shirt but it wasn't red Covered. but it was tiny green dinosaurs so I had an X-Men t-shirt because that's all I wear we we made it work Zen knows what's going on and Nightcrawler's worried Zen recognizes what's going on she's seen it before but Nightcrawler's worried about how these warlike fantasies can actually be fantasies and not fears why does she want this because not that's how she grew up that's how she was raised. Not all who are of peace are at peace, Nightcrawler. Mm, I love that. I think you know that. She's got so many good insights on the world. Yeah, as the little bamps flying around them. The little evil bamp bamps, they're going to take over. This outbreaks of mischief that plagued Arako is a signature move of this god. She's seen it before. Mm -hmm. Turns out two stories is one. He, the Switch is the worshiper all along. He is the person that's bringing the god into the forefront. And that's why his powers have leveled up, which I think we were pulling together over the last couple of issues. Yes. It's just the team is now realizing it. Yes. Now they know what we know. Mm. But wait, there's more. Juggernaut trying to find his place. Again, this ability to find for both he and Legion 
the growth that they need that they're finding for now because it's seeded in this issue and previously legion might lose control in a later arc of this comic mm-hmm. danger is coming but i don't fully understand what has happened to our friend banshee no, no i don't either <laughs> he has been imbued with and this is actually referenced in the preview or in the recap text that he has been given powers similar to a ghost rider mm, and he yes. is of the astral plane so like a, a spirit of spirits and that was that was good information in in that text in the beginning because i didn't know that that's what she was like i saw all the flaming skulls but i didn't put that together yeah and so that was a good bit of information yeah so as nightcrawler is being attacked by his bamps potentially someone posing as nightcrawler's fear but is real and not of his mind banshee comes in and saves the day in his beautiful skull face i just want to go back for one second to the moment where both zen and nightcrawler are about to be like overthrown by their thoughts is that apocalypse oh yeah and is that the fisher king in the blue uh, I don't know if it's the Fisher King. Especially there seems to be some design on his eyes. Or is he the god from the last issue or the first issue? I don't know. It just looks familiar to me. And I just think it's interesting because those seem to be the things that are engulfing Zen. And Apocalypse is in there. And Storm is in there. Oh, yeah. Storm is in there. Those are not Nightcrawler's little Bamfy Bamps. So... I just think that's interesting. But anyway, flipping the page to look at this crazy, gorgeous banshee. But but is he good? Is he bad? What's happening? We don't know. I mean, he saved them. He did save them. But was it really saving or was it a distraction? Or are these two, Mother Righteous and Loki, are they fighting each other? You know? What's the real deal here? We're going to have to wait till the next issue to find out. You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait. Pillow talk. Ooh, no, no. That means two of our friends are probably doing the dirty. Nightcrawler and Zen. What'd you think? I really like this story, but it definitely requires me to take a moment of pause and think about what's happening. Like, I have to stop sometimes and reread a page or just, like, glance back over it and go, wait, what just happened? And the data pages are a little too heady for me. But... Overall, I really liked it. No, I, I needed to read it twice. It was kind of a, just a load of mind messing yeah. with me. And I don't know. I'm not sure why it's confusing. I don't think it's because there's too many things going on, which was a problem that I had with the first issue. But maybe the layers, like I said before, the layers of conceptual nature. You have mental realms, magical influences. It's all very heady and not much to anchor onto in terms of the real world. The fact that we started from within Legion's mind set us up for that. I think the difference between this and Knights of X or Marauders is that there are recognizable character tropes and much clearer linear objectives, at least with Knights, that I'm not seeing necessarily. Mm. I remember being done after reading the first time and just not wanting to read anymore. (laughs) You were just, just like, I need a minute. That, that hurt my brain. I'm going to read Spider-Man instead. Well, when I came, when you came in from work and I was reading this, you were like, what are you doing? And I was like, reading comics. And you were like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, right. 
I was like, yeah, it's just taking all my brain power to read this comic. I enjoyed it. It just felt like work to piece it all together and to put the things into because it's a lot. Yes, it is. And that's why it's definitely there are books here and there that really feel better to me after we talk about them on the podcast or, you know, these are the kinds of books that you need to phone a friend, you need to talk to, you need to process out loud. At least I do um, because there's so much happening in it that it feels like my brain is just filling up really quickly and then everything's kind of like bouncing around like it's like a my brain is a ball pit and someone's like dumping in the balls but they're like put too many in and now there's no room and like the little people inside are suffocating under all the balls and they need help to get out help your little people in your brain We got questions. Okay, let's get them. Remspringa is like me, worried about Kurt, asking, what is it with him wanting to bang his technically not sisters? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird. Like, it was weird with Amanda, and I like Amanda. I like Amanda Sefton as a character. It was a weird relationship there. It's even weirder now to make it like a running thing that it's just something Nightcrawler does. Please don't give him another sister. Oh, no. Maybe it has something to do with, like, his his desire for belonging and acceptance and so he funnels that desire into like a lust type relationship not that that's okay with a sister but like especially just like he was a priest for a while i don't know how do you suppressing things for reconcile that and just i don't live inside your mind all this time because you can't act on things and then we all know nightcrawler is my favorite x-man yes and i have overlooked the weird feelings of his relationship with his half adopted sister amanda sefton and i understand that it's kind of similar, kind of the same. And it also is just a mental projection. Maybe that's one of his fears is that he's going to fall in love with his half sister. Maybe adopted half sister. Yeah. I don't know. The Pikachu wants to know about Banshee. Has he become some sort of ghost rider, a, a spirit of mutant vengeance? I would love that. I think that would be cool, but it it's interesting because this is taking place in, in and around the astral plane. Like, is his actual body somewhere else and this is a projection or like just his astral projection and it's not his full self. So he didn't like fully become mm. this thing, but this is his spirit floating around. But his physical body was on the altar and yes. he did go out to the beach and meet with Mother Righteous. That's true. So this could be his physical self mutated. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking with the Pikachu about, they had pointed out the image of the breaking of the wall yeah and just could that person could that alter gain physical sentience if they were to break out at least at least in the altar right maybe not it would kind of be like blindfold she doesn't seem to have a physical body she just exists on the astral plane or in the altar itself they wouldn't be able to get out but there could be two legions running around on the astral plane well it wouldn't necessarily be two davids no it would be a different personality so it would be a completely different right no name but two of the same being essentially two minds one body yeah that's what i'm trying to say but how would it physicalize like would they look like Legion, is what I'm saying. No. His other altars do not look like him. Like historically, and at least what we've seen before, and in, in the couple of arcs that we've seen a lot, well, there's a handful of times that we've seen like physical representation of, thinking about you, Jack Wayne. Interesting. Worldland Comics is acknowledging he's been hard on the X office for continuity, which we all should have a dash of here and there, but the Doctor Strange appearance in the preview 
Yeah. And and then later on, the Iceman and Angel mix up that we'll talk about in Sabretooth. I thought that was a funny thing that happened, though. Yeah. It was a funny way to play it off. But Warline wants to know if we get the feeling that Cy Spurrier is tasked with exploring stuff that he's not understanding well or doesn't know how to handle these kind of big concepts. I don't get that feeling. Yeah. I think what's happening a little bit is like you know when you start telling a story or someone starts telling a story, but every time a tangent a tangential point within that story comes up that they feel is relevant to the end result of the story. They go off to that offshoot. Oh, but I also have to tell you about this and then I'm going to come back to the story. But then Mm -hmm. I also have to tell you about this, but I'm going to come back to the story. Like that's kind of what this feels like. I feel like he knows what he's doing. He has a plan, but the way in which he's getting to that is doing these little offshoot stories. And from an outside perspective, sometimes it feels like it's all over the place. And you're like, wait, I don't know what you're saying. But then as we get further into the issues or the series, the run, it starts to make more sense because we have a broader understanding of the world. I think because he created a whole new world, he has to sort of like give you all the bits of it. And it feels like a lot to decompress in one sitting yeah yeah i think he knows right but we but it's hard and and gradually coming to us like i can't imagine that they're making him do this right it's because he set all of this up and now has just doubled down you know way of x was to get us into the mindscape of david and then now i feel I feel a little shaky on my understanding of what's going on. And I, I think that that it might be contributing to a what? Mm-hmm. Gonzalo is loving Uncle C. And honestly, that's my new favorite budding relationship. Yes, me too. I agree, Gonzalo. He's also calling for someone to get an inhibitor collar on a forget me not already. <laughs> Here for it. Sorry, Zabi. But damn, that got old quick. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, it sucks to be him. It must be terrible. And like, I feel like they're just really bringing that point you? home. Who are you? Who are you? Are you Sabretooth? Oh, what a segue. Are you Victor Creed, Monster of the Island? Oh my God, this book. I freaking loved this issue. Yeah. So good. So many twists, so many turns, so many surprises. And that cover. And that cover. I love that cover. Standing over the island, just ready to destroy it. The the volcanic eruption. And the water is so beautiful. Tumultuous. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Loving this cover. Let's dig into this issue. Page turn noise. Our torments also may in length of time become our elements. John Milton, Paradise Lost. Ooh. You know, there have been a lot of attacks on this Paradise Island. Arguably, there should have been more. But we're, we're here. You know, great. This is where we're at. It's all fallen apart, as is seated in a few titles. This one specifically, and a couple of others that are, hey, what's going on in Krakoa? Mm, what's happening over there? Well, what's happening right now is magma creating an explosion that happens to knock all these peeps out because Krakoa can't handle what's going on, and they need to... They need to absorb the energy so all these people get knocked out so nobody knows that Sabretooth no has escaped. Yeah, I think it's a cool explanation for all the bodies on the ground. These pages are the preview pages that I had seen and assumed that they were taken out by Sabretooth. There was mm. no text on them. 
Yeah. And it tracks with how Krakoa works or, or feeds himself and also provides an interesting cover for Sabretooth. Win-win. Win-win. Exploiting the plans of others. Oh, let's take it to a title page, shall we? All hell breaks loose. The Magnificent Eight. I also just want to shout out that full oh, spread, yeah, that, that full, full page, page of Creed running gleefully from his he's prison. He's free, he's free. <laughs> Written by Victor Laval, pencils by Leonard Kirk, colors by Rain Barreto, letters by Corey Petit. <clears throat> VCs, Corey Petit. Corey Petit. Nah. Nanny's Cove and not that nanny. For now. <laughs> this is where Necra and Oya likely ran into those pirates, which is why they were put into the pit. It's also where she made contact with Bling later on. Yes. And looky here, a ship for Sabretooth to steal. But first, the murder ladies intervene. Oh, the murder ladies. A little surprise? Oh, surprised to see you. Careful, Mystique, we're making your wife jealous. <laughs> She's like, nah, Sabretooth, not even close. I regret every time we have been together. I love Destiny's little whispers of secrets that little black squiggle of, no yeah yeah. you We're, don't know what i'm saying well, really we don't know until and, uh, later yes and also the wait really okay all right so we're just gonna let him go yeah we choose chaos here for it me too mystique i choose chaos as well every time let's go i do i do like their relationship a lot um mystique and Sabretooth. like this back and forth of you know he knows that she's trying to stop him. And then she's just like, no, nah, we choose chaos. And he's like, yeah, I got you. Chaos I can do. It's interesting that the seed later on looks like the skull on Mystique. Mm, that is interesting. Our lineup, our perp lineup. I love it. I love that they're in, they're in it with Doug now. Yeah, the pit crew is pissed. Poor Doug. Poor Doug. It's just Krakoa's instinctive reaction after being attacked, and now he's being attacked. They're all just passed out. It'd be interesting. Are you going to put all those people in the pit, Charles? You know, because they, mm -hmm. they all had something to do with harming the sacred land? Yeah, no. He better not. But also recognizing that the pit means nothing when the warden is constantly letting prisoners loose? Constantly. I let him out, so now you go get him. I do really like this conversation of Sabretooth created this in his mind in the pit and now he's not in the pit and yet it still exists. It exists. It is a part of Krakoa yeah. because he was intertwined with Krakoa. It's insanely cool. It's just that underscore of how the pit and Krakoa have affected Sabretooth and vice versa. Right. I want to know more about the damage done to Krakoa, the change that they've both gone through, the lasting impact of the hell created. Mm -hmm. It seems like Sabretooth got better in some way, or at least more control of himself and his urges, his manipulations. And Krakoa has been yes done dirty. And I would like to call myself out on being completely incorrect. He did not care at all about these people. Nope. He was not making a plan for all of them. He was using them. It was only for themself, only for himself. So sorry, y'all. Suffer. Yeah. Now he wanted you to be left behind. But excuse me, dears. Yes. When I, when I read this bottom panel on this page and I saw the word dears, I flipped this page 
praying it would be nanny. Please be nanny. Please be nanny. Well, and also just nanny. the the style of the the word bubble line. Yes. Excuse me, dears, but I'm about ready to throttle someone. That line, I was like, oh my god, it's nanny. The cameo oh of the year. Oh my god, it's nanny. And All or then, nothing. And then it was nanny and orphan maker. And toad. And toad for the win. I just, I'm here for it. I love it. I think it's hysterical that Orphan Maker thinks that, oh, I can't think of his actual name. Melter. That Melter is the human torch. Thought that was funny. All or nothing. You're adding these folks to your team and that's it. You have to. You can't just leave them here because I don't want either of these fools sitting on that throne to know what they might do afterwards. And also, a dope new team lineup. Yeah. Let's go. Toad, you're relevant again. For something other than taking the fall for Magneto. Yay. Try not to be the worst. If you'd like to know just how much of the worst Toad is, you could listen to our Grey Milk and Lane Trial of Toad episode. Well, it's Grey Milk and Lane's episode. We were just on it. We've got a molten breakthrough. Mole debriefing the action, but with that slam line, tell me you grew up entitled without telling me you grew up entitled. I was just messing. I got to go figure things out with Angel Iceman. I don't remember the difference between one pretty boy and the next. I thought that was hysterical. So tell me what it is that that's fixing. So in a data page early on where Mole, I think it was issue one or two, he says Angel when it was actually Iceman. Oh, and we talked about that when it yep. happened. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I just think that this is the writer is, yes. excusing that in some way or finding a cover for that. You know, we all make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Those two issues are not on Marvel Everybody Unlimited. Everybody has those days. Those two issues, not on Unlimited as at all. So I needed to pull my physical issues out of the box. Oh, But I knew this. it. But I knew it when I read it. Yeah, I didn't. I just thought it was a funny joke. I had forgotten about the mistake. I love this page. I love this. Sabretooth was right. Charles walking all these people who question Charles staring at him in the background. And just this concept of reputation, his public image essentially destroyed. Mutants are immortal, but not their reputations. Mm. There's doubt in Xavier. What? What is this? What is this polyp cyst? It's like a it's like a little bubble from like it's like a burp. Like Krakoa like was like you're in my belly and I'm gonna burp you out. Yeah. What? There you go. <laughs> you're free. <laughs> you're free. You're free and Sabretooth can't come back. Never can he come back. Take this weird little skull seed, plant it, get rid of him, and then maybe you guys can come back. They don't want to though, as we find later on. I Necra. mean, do you blame him? No, not at all. And. It might be, would Krakoa have changed by the time they would try to come back? Maybe. The only way it's going to change is if there's an uprising against the government in some way. Right. I'm here for uh, Sabretooth's projections of all his little selves. Oh, yeah. The Pharaoh Council sets sail as he's planning to build his army. But first, intercepted, collared, and sent to a new prison. The way this whole thing went down, mm -hmm. basically, halt, mutant. I'm going to arise your ship from the sea and magically slap a collar on you all from a distance. Mm -hmm. And now you are mine. 
It really levels up what Orcus is able to do, as we find on that data page. Orcus is doing the thing. No They're mention. Studying mutants in prisons. Oh, yeah. They have layers of their corporation mm-hmm. for this operation. And they've made contracts with every nation that does not recognize Krakoan sovereign status. Although. Wakanda is not on this yes, list. Yes. Wakanda is not on this list. And we do not need mutant drugs. So. I wonder if that's just because of their relationship with Storm, like maybe, T'Challa's. Maybe, but I like specifically was like, oh, Wakanda I was is not on this list. I read it three times to make sure. And I was like, mm, it's not all of them. Mm-mm. But they got a lot of different stations for this business happening. And this redacted line, the Orcus Corporation has also entered into a contract for such services with... And I'm going to just guess Aura Serrata, oh. who is the person that provides the robot army mm-hmm. that attacked on the sword station Good in Morocco. Yes. Because of Brand's Good connection guess. to them. But we've got the dungeon, which we saw in that X-Men Unlimited arc. Mm-hmm. Great reference there. Chimera protocols. Yes, more please. What? Yes, Dr. Stasis. And also, yeah. Oh, I was thinking more Phalong, what he was doing to himself an even further manipulation of mutant genes on humans. But yeah, mm, Dr. Stasis, Dr. Stasis thrown in there as well. Astral plane mining is that lost the person or lost the action? I don't know because I feel like these all, these things are all talking about the, like the third status column updates. is the status, mm-hmm. but it also made me think of lost like the character. So I don't know. The infernal nursery. I all caps. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> What does that mean? Redacted, misappropriated, and recycling. At least they're environmentally conscious. Recycling, though, what does that mean? Recycling mutants. Recycling dead mutants, yeah, for sure. Like what they're doing with wolverines to get all the adamantium? Potentially. Interesting, interesting. Recycling what they find. Body parts, domino skin. (laughs) Where's the peacock man? Yeah, right. Ben Percy told us we were going to find that out soon. He lied. Soon as right to our faces, right over Zoom. He looked us in the computer eyes and he lied. Now on the SS Madison, formed out of tiny little plastics. <laughs> Off they go. But they don't know if they're coming back. Baby girl, we are never going back there. Love it. Second shout out to Birdie. As yes. Mystique and Destiny are talking about resurrecting that telepath. I thought that it was very helpful that you, during our Patreon episode, had informed me of who Birdie was. Because then I didn't feel super confused when I read this. Sure, yeah. It's the least she deserves. Birdie will live again, but far from Victor. And we'll see. We'll see. You You don't show me a gun and then not expect it to go off. Victor wants what Victor wants. Professor S. Oh, man. And this <laughs> Professor S. He is sitting in a chair and he does. He has the little blanket over his legs. Oh, my I'm telling gosh. you. It's to me, my exiles. Ugh, I just I do get annoyed when they use that phrase over and over again. It's because you read everything in a condensed period of time. So it just felt like it hit more. It was overused. Yeah. But again, another thing we when we recorded our Patreon exclusive episode on Tuesday, that's when we found out about Sabretooth and the Exiles. Yep, and the, we the rumor from Bleeding Cool. Right. We were 
theorizing about who could be on the Exiles team. And we were thinking it was going to be the pit crew, the pit crew, and maybe some of the people who were like conspiring outside of the pit crew that they had spoken to, like through Krakoa and all of this. But um, clearly, the Exiles are going to be the captured mutants from Orcus. So, in looking at this, they all have inhibitor collars on. I know, but like, are there any that you recognize? Like, what about no. this guy over here with this helmet? Does that look familiar to you at all? No. Like there's horns. That made me think of Belasco, but I know that's not who it is. And they all, demon. they all seem to have physical mutations. And um, why does this one look like Colossus? Kind of, yeah. He's got green fingers and a green face. Are these? Well, wait a minute. We don't know which... One of these Orcus stations he has gone to. Don't they say? Do they? Station six. Recycling. Recycling? Recycling. For-profit prison facility operated by the Orcus Corporation. Here you will be tested. Welcome to purgatory. Man, oh man, oh man. And I'm assuming that this is the vision that Destiny sees, or at least part of it. And that's why she's like, no, he's got to go because we got to get these mutants out of there. Right. He has to go and they need to help him. Right. Because that's the big question. Should we have let them go? Are they going to be able to do anything? Yes. In the long run, it's helping us take down Orcus. So yeah, that, let him go. That Entech, Sabretooth and the Exiles with a number zero one below it, getting us ready for... What will likely be the next arc? Such a great wrap up. I loved it. I loved this whole miniseries, yeah. this whole arc. I thought it was a great story. It surprised me every week, but never in a way that disappointed. Like even though it wasn't what I expected, I was never disappointed by it. I I really liked getting to know Sabretooth in this new way mm-hmm. and meeting all these other characters and just the, the direction that this is going, I'm super excited about yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's definitely not over, but it right. has or will shift direction, which I am kind of a fan of. These having short runs for specific topics, but then continuing in a different way. It's definitely driven by sales, mm-hmm. but it gives new energy to titles. I can't imagine anyone who read and enjoyed this miniseries not wanting to continue with the next right. title. I think of it like... Like this is this is the Hunger Games, and then it's like Catching Fire is the next one, right? So like Sabretooth, Sabretooth and the Exiles, Sabretooth and blah blah blah. Like that's the third book in his series, you know? Yeah, it's cool. Loved the crew who formed and and is now adding to their ranks and being sent after Sabretooth by Doug, but to help him from Destiny's premonition. It's all really interesting, really mysterious. Big fan of the art, the complex themes, all of the connections to the real world. So many important things brought up in this book. The further chipping away at Xavier being the end-all be-all of mutant salvation. Book of the week for sure in my mind. For sure. I did enjoy Legion of X, but this was great. This took the cake. The Pikachu is getting philosophical. We've got the pit as hell, the Orcus prison as purgatory. Is this redemption for Creed? Ooh... He's rising back up. Or he'll get stuck in purgatory. I think there's definitely potential, especially with the help of the team. Well, if he if he escapes them all, if he frees them all, then is that where his redemption comes in? 
Well, it depends on what he does afterwards, because he will be their king, essentially, if he's able to free them. And then he'll be like, let's murder everybody. Basically. <laughs> Warline Comics is calling out Mystique. Of all people, she's the one that doubts that monsters can't be good. I mean. It's a fair point. She's done some good and a lot of terrible. That's true, but there is this, there is this thing about Sabretooth. Like, I think there are some characters that do things that are bad. Because they enjoy it. Be, because they enjoy it or do things that are in bad because it's, it ends to a means, right? A means to an end. So I think that the same, I could say the same thing about Emma that I would say about Mystique. Like if you're going to look at them in levels, I would say like Mystique is the next level up evil than Emma. I'd say like two levels. But, but yeah. like in this, like if it's three levels, if it goes Emma, Mystique, Sabretooth, right? If we're just looking at the three of them. There are definitely things that Mystique does that she enjoys doing, but I don't think that she is inherently bad. Hmm. But I think a certain blue teleporter being thrown off of a waterfall will disagree, or at least... That is true. <laughs> but, like, Mystique would do something for someone else. Like, she would do something to protect Destiny, right? She loves Destiny. And I know that's been a conversation that we've specifically had this conversation um with the warline essentially about whether or not mystique actually loves anybody right loves anybody besides, besides destiny, destiny. And, and rogue at times even though she messes with her right but i think like in the sense that emma would do it for the children right mystique would do it for someone else or for herself but Sabretooth would only do it for himself hmm. he's only in it for what Sabretooth can get out of it yeah and he also has said multiple times that he loves being evil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hear her. I hear both sides of it. I totally get what you're saying about like, oh, you are calling someone out on not being able to change. <laughs> yeah, right. That's completely valid. But also the change that he's gone through because of being inside of Krakoa and, and he went through lifetimes of experience and has changed mentally in yes. some way. Has he satiated the beast? Has he grown past that desire? Or is that just now a more fully formed part of himself that balances with the other, with the captain and the kid and the cat? Maybe. I mean, we shall see what he does in this next arc. Yeah. It just really all depends on what the cause is in my mind. The lines between good and evil are so blurred at this point. It's really, yeah. can he do something for mutants? Yes. What? Not really, can he do something for good? Right. Because those are two different things. Planet X-Men wants to know, on a scale of one to Christmas, how excited were you to see Nanny back? Christmas day. Yeah. Christmas morning when someone let me open a present on Christmas Eve. Yeah. <laughs> In the, so excited. In the unbreakable words of Luke Cage, sweet, sweet Christmas. Sweet, sweet Christmas. It has been such a weird oversight to have these five in the pit and no mention of the other three that we know to be down there. Yes, timelines and all, but also what a great return for one of the breakout stars of Hellions slash yes. Dawn and Reign of X. Yes. Super excited You know who I want? I want to know what Regina... From House of X did when she read this issue. She loves Nanny. Yeah. Regina, Regina, how did you feel? <laughs> Michael Fox is wondering if Sabretooth's resurrected therapist Birdie will be the ace in the hole for the third act. Ooh, maybe. I do like that that could be the next place we go. 
Well, I think in the third one. Right, the, right. I mean, the, 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 the place we're going now, the place we're at now is the Exiles because this just ended. So right. the next iteration. After that, yeah. Number three. Yeah. No, especially with that distinct line from Destiny, which almost makes you think it won't work out well for Birdie and she'll be pulled back into the mess that is Victor. Mm. He's also just as excited as we are to see Nanny back on the page. Yes. Love it. Comic Extracts question could go for either book because we've seen this in multiple stories, but are we finally seeing a ground level justification for the end of Xavier's manipulations? I certainly hope so. Yeah, I think we are. I would be thrilled. And I love that it's building from a natural place from within the people. Yes. And I like that it's like what they're saying, like it's a tangible something that's building right. the, the term like ground level yeah. instead of, you know, Alicia just doesn't like Charles. So we should just not, he should just not be in control anymore. Sure. You know? yeah, like, yeah. There's actual solid foundation for this to happen. People within the council don't trust him, are fed up with some things. People mm-hmm. within the masses are, you have the, everybody in the pit, you have his family or, or those who are somewhat related to him, whether or not he would call them his family. Right. Great week. Great week. Felt short because especially because seven comics to read. Well, um, mm-hmm. we'll just wait until next week. Oh, what do we got? We've got Wolverine number 23. Okay. Deadpool number four. New Mutants number 27. Yes. Marauders number four. Okay. Eve of Judgment number one. What? Immortal X-Men number four. Oh my goodness. And X-Men Hellfire Gala number one. <laughs> oh my God. The gala's next week. Good oh thing I'm yeah. like 90% done with my costume. <laughs> and... Captain Carter number four and Daredevil number one. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for Captain Carter number four. Ooh, is Peggy going to find out about Lizzie? I don't know. I don't know. You'll tell me. I'll tell you. And maybe I'll read it afterwards, but I like like you telling me. It's fun. It's like a little switch. It's like a little role reversal situation. Well, okay. Until next time, old friend. Oh, Charles. Get out! Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 